0: Please take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to 2 Kings in chapter 2. We we will go ahead and read our text, just a a little portion of the the chapter that we read yesterday, and then we'll jump to 1 Kings and pick up right where we left off. We're we're coming in the middle of this account of the translation of Elijah and how Elijah is there. We find in in verse number 8... And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together, and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Now, if you would, turn back to 1 Kings. We find the calling here of Elisha. The Bible says in verse 16 that this is the Lord speaking to, um, to Elijah. He said, he's telling him to go anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And then in verse 16, And Jehu the son of Nimshi shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphat of abel Meholah shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. Verse number 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve. And Elijah passed him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and bowled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. We see here Elisha in in his call. I, I see several things here at the very beginning of where we see Elisha that allowed him to get to the place where the spirit of Elijah could rest on him. Now we know that's the spirit of God. Sometimes we will just say the power of God. I want to know where the power of God is. In my life, I want you to be asking yourself that same question. Where where is God in your life? Do you see God working in your life? Are you being used by God? If not, why not? Why is it that Elisha could be used? I mean, there were many other people in that time. Now, we we already pointed out yesterday this was a very wicked time, but yet we know God was calling. Why is it, what is it that qualified Elisha to see the power of God and to be the next the next prophet? I want to say the first thing I see is that Elisha was qualified. The first thing we find about him is that he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. Now, a yoke, that is two oxen. So that means he was plowing with 24 oxen. Now, I don't understand all of how that setup would be. I had no... Somehow, I've read over that and never noticed that before. But apparently, they had some major plowing operations. And that was a lot to handle for, for a guy. I've seen my dad one time... We were trying to dig up a row of potatoes, and so we cheated. We took, we we had an old plow that you would walk behind, and you know, a horse would pull or something. Well, we cheated. We hooked it up to the truck, and Dad got that thing in there, and he was trying to run it deep enough to so that it would just turn all the potatoes out. But I remember seeing my dad fight with that and struggling to keep it right as the truck would pull it. So it blows my mind to see... A man like Elisha here, plowing with 24 oxen. That had to be, I guess, a plow behind another plow behind another plow, kind of diagonally like some of your tractor equipment would be today. I don't understand at all, but that's a, that's a lot of oxen. That's an awful lot to handle. But this is what I'm really getting from that: is that. He was a laborer. He was a hard worker. God is not looking for somebody that is going to be lazy. God does not use lazy men. But the laziness I am talking about is not a physical laziness. I'll tell on myself here, but I don't have any problem getting out and doing physical work. I like to work. My parents taught me to have a work ethic, and I've got to have something to do, otherwise I get bored. But when it comes to to sitting down and getting in God's Word or getting on my knees to pray faithfully and not just surface prayer, but I mean real praying, that's hard work. My flesh does not like that, and I struggle. I'm no better than anybody else. I struggle at some of these things. And it takes... It takes the help of God, first of all. But it takes a very powerful, very hard work ethic to be able to overcome some of the difficulties your flesh will put up with that. God is looking for somebody that's going to be a hard worker, a laborer, spiritually. What is the one thing he said? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his vineyard. We don't need more bench-warming Christians. We need folks that are willing to get their hands dirty. You do not have to be called to preach to be serving God and to be busy in God's work. You do not have to be a man to be busy in God's work. The ministry can take all kinds of different forms from everything to cleaning in the church to out door-to-door witnessing helping, maybe maybe it's helping some in need or just being available to help those in the church, being your pastor's right-hand man, leading the singing in the church, singing in the choir, all of those things, no matter how insignificant they may seem to you, they are a way that you can serve God. Whatever it is that God has given you to do, labor at it. Give it your best. Don't give God a half effort. I see that Elisha, one of the reasons I believe that God chose him to be the next prophet, was his work ethic. God knew he would give it his best. But the second thing I see is that he was submitted When Elijah comes by and casts this mantle on him, Elisha instantly submitted. He knew he was the man of God. He knew whether it was God that had spoke to him or whether there's some sort of picture there. He knew that he was being called to follow after Elijah. And he was willing to submit himself under the leadership of that man of God. Indefinitely. There's a lot of people that maybe would be good workers, but they're not willing to submit themselves under the authority of their pastor. Now, I'm not talking about those that some, some would say are a, a dictator, but there's a, there's a very clear line of demarcation between pastoral authority and pastoral overreach that's not what we're dealing with this time how how submitted are you to God's man in your life if you're if you're a wife how submitted are you to God and the authority God has placed in your life you see everybody has an authority that they answer to most pastors even have a, a pastor. Now, is it that they enter that pastor, how they run the church? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is God, the church is under God. Christ is the ultimate authority. We all serve Christ. But Christ, in setting up the church, gave us overseers or shepherds or, or um. An elder is another Bible word for it, or pastors. We can we can say, God gave those; they are leadership in the church. We are to submit to their authority. Then God gives the the father in the home. There's authority there. The husband in the home, he has the role of headship. You see, no matter where you're at, there are is, will be authority that you need to submit yourself under. There. There are a lot of people that cannot be used simply because they are not willing to submit to authority. I can't tell you how many times I've heard it from a lot of these kids just coming up. They'll say, don't tell me what to do. Or, or <laughs> I used to hear it when I was younger, you're not my dad or things like that. It was all a thing where they were not willing to listen to anybody unless they knew they absolutely had to. God's looking for somebody that will submit themselves in any role, that are willing to serve as servants, not just as leaders. So many people are willing to do the the jobs that get a lot of attention, or that are out in front, or that involve leadership roles, but there's far less people that are willing to submit to the opportunities and... that that, that God gives them to a point where they'll take any position. I see Elisha was submitted. And then I see that Elisha was surrendered. We may deal with this a little bit more tomorrow. But when Elijah comes by and gives him this call, Elisha was already ready to answer. He had no limits to his life. He wasn't leaving his home and all. He wanted to tell them goodbye. But he was surrendered to go wherever the call of God would take him, wherever the opportunities God gave him would go. That's where he was willing to go. There's very few that are surrendered to that extent. We'll surrender to a point as long as it doesn't cross our lines of being comfortable. But how surrendered to God and his will are we? How far will we go? I see Elisha could be used because he was a laborer, because he was submitted, and because he was surrendered to God's will. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 6 Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee 37803, or email back to the Book com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.